We have a fun one coming up for you guys right now. Amherst native and UMass hockey legend, John Leonard joins the show. We're going to be talking all things UMass and the NHL. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of High Character. We have a really fun one coming for you guys. We sat down and talked to UMass and Amherst legend, John Leonard. Uh, we have that coming up for you shortly, but first off, Evan, how's it going, man? Doing good. Just finished that interview. It was a very interesting one. I think uh, that was probably Leonard's first time doing any sort of like podcast or like I wouldn't say UMass affiliated because we're not affiliated with UMass. That's a very clear distinction that we have to make is that we're not affiliated with UMass, but uh, just kind of, you know, UMass adjacent, you know, content, which I think is very interesting because it's been what, three years now since he's been with the program. So it's always good to catch up with somebody that made such a big impact on the program and especially someone who's, you know, so local. So it's awesome. Yeah. Time really flies by because uh, John's last season at UMass was the one that got cut short from COVID. Um, obviously he, he won't admit to it, but he was on kind of a Hobie Baker pace ending the year. And, uh, yeah, COVID happened. He went to the San Jose Sharks, uh, this last off season got traded to the Nashville Predators. So he's doing his thing up in the pros, but, uh, it's definitely fun to reminisce on some, some UMass times. He was a part of some big moments for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I think if memory serves, I believe that is our first actual NHL hockey player that has joined the pod. Um, really cool guy you know like we kind of have some personal history like we've seen him you know around the dorm you know obviously as you'll you'll see in the episode but uh yeah it's always good to get a guy like that on the pod yeah and without further ado here is our interview with john leonard Watch out! Watch out! all right we are joined today by the pride of amherst massachusetts and current nashville predator john leonard john how you doing man good how are you guys doing thanks for having me Good, of course. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you a lot. Um, you know, we're going to talk some hockey today. Um, so you're in Nashville now. You're starting training camp tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. You want to confirm that? Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, I got into uh, Nashville about a week ago or so. Um, so, yeah, camp starts tomorrow. Looking forward to it. It's going to be, uh, you know, fun and a uh, tough week. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Cool. All right. So I guess we'll start with a little UMass stuff and then shift into your, your pro career a little bit. So obviously uh, everybody knows you grew up in Amherst. Uh, did you have a big connection with the program as a kid? I imagine you were probably in that practice arena. Uh, did you go to a lot of games? What was your kind of story with UMass hockey growing up? Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was around that rink uh, quite a bit, actually. My, uh, my dad was the basketball coach there uh, for the men's team. So uh, that was in the early 2000s. I think it was 2000 to 2005 or so. Um, so yeah, I was I was over that place a lot. Uh, it's actually where I learned how to skate, uh, played my first game, and uh, you know all that kind of stuff. So uh, a lot of memories at that place. And uh, yeah, if my dad never coached there, uh, I'm the only guy to play hockey in my family uh, besides my brother. But at the time, so if he wasn't a coach there, I probably never would have played hockey. So it's funny how things work out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, how much did, like, being from Amherst, especially having those familial ties, like, with your dad being the basketball coach there, like, did that really factor in your decision to come to UMass? Like, was that really kind of like a recruiting pitch that might have, like, stuck with you at any point? Yeah, I always 
I always knew in the back of my head if, uh, you know, the opportunity presented itself, um, you know, and I was fortunate enough to get recruited by them that uh, I was going to go there. Um, I definitely looked at some other schools, um, but I knew if the opportunity presented itself that it was, it was going to be a no-brainer for me. Uh, going to all those games as a kid, um, you know, packed Mullen Center, um, you know, it, I don't think any – place in college hockey beats it so um it was a no-brainer for me and going to games as kids and always being around it it was something I always wanted to do yeah you you mentioned your dad being the basketball coach I think we looked into it, it was like a one to oh five something like that uh okay was, yeah. there any, was there any drop for you to play basketball or other sports or was it always just strictly hockey growing up no I played every sport out there growing up uh you know, I think it's awesome for kids to play every sport they can and, um, you know, pick their passion when, when they get older and, um, you know, they can make that decision for themselves. And my parents were awesome about it. Um, you know, I played soccer, basketball, lacrosse, baseball, um, you know, literally everything a, a kid could do. I was, I was jumping on teams left and right. So, um, yeah, I know my dad was my coach when I played basketball and, uh, I had a lot of fun doing it and I still play basketball all the time in the summer, um, you know, pick up games in the driveway or, um, you know, stuff like that. So I still have a ton of fun with it. Uh, you know, I think my dad, uh, you know, he loves hockey now. So uh, he had to learn the rules. He had never watched the game before. So uh, sometimes we still question him on some stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to jump forward a little bit, you know, you finally get recruited. You're, you know, you're in your freshman year at UMass. Um, you ended up actually living one floor beneath both of us in Johnson hall. If you remember uh, freshman year, we ended up seeing oh, each yeah. other a lot and you were oh, living yeah. next to some absolute characters like Ferraro and Botso. Like you, you, it was just such an interesting living situation. Like, do you, do you still keep in touch with some of them or do you have any like, you know, funny dorm stories, you know, cause it was probably a little bit different from a lot of the players. You know, I think they were living in the North apartments at the time. So I, I'm assuming that your living situation is a bit different. Yeah, no, they're uh, all the incoming freshmen are now at the uh, North apartment. So um, we got split up our first year. Um, you know, we had the luck of the draw of living in Johnson. And uh, so it was me, Mayor, Botts, uh, Gaudet, Laganoff, Arvinitis, and E2, uh, Torpstrom. Yep. So we had a, we had an awesome group over there. Um, you know, we had, I think we had all four corners taken up, uh, you know, two on each side and, uh, we had a blast. Uh, we made the most of it and, uh, yeah, that's a tough dorm spot. Uh, gets hot, no AC. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we went through the struggles, but, um, yeah, no, they, uh, the guys in North, they got uh, treated a little bit better, but we loved it over there and, um, you know, it was just the luck of the draw and, um, yeah, no, no hard feelings there. We loved it. Oh, if, if there's one thing that actually sticks out of my mind, I remember it was the Bruins playoff series. I think we were playing against the Leafs and we ended up beating them and I ended up running downstairs and I found you in the hallway and you were just ragging on bots and Ferraro the whole time. Cause they're both from Toronto. It was the funniest thing. It still oh, sticks yeah, out to was, me in my head. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we'd watch every sport together. Uh, I lived with those guys, um, you know, the, the next couple of years. So, uh, yeah, no, it was a blast. Um, you know, we watched basketball, hockey, baseball, everything we could watch. Um, I was really close with those two guys and, and still am to this day. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, so you grind through freshman year at Johnson. 
2018 in the summer, you get drafted to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, for those of you, uh, for those people that don't really know anything about like the draft process or what goes into it, can you tell us a little bit about the experience, like how you found out how much you, you might've known going into it, or maybe you didn't know anything. What was your, what was your kind of experience getting drafted? Yeah, no, it was, uh, a little different than most guys. I think, uh, I was in my last year of eligibility for the draft. Uh, so I didn't really have too big expectations going into it. Um, you know, I, in the previous couple of years, I talked to a couple of teams here and there, um, but obviously was never picked. And, uh, you know, going into college and my freshman years, like I said, it was my last year of eligibility. So uh, honestly, I never even had an interview or anything with the Sharks. And, um, you know, I just was an awesome day for, you know, me, my family, my friends to experience. And uh, I honestly wasn't watching the draft at the time. Uh, I was with a bunch of buddies. We were playing golf. It was uh it was a Saturday morning, so uh, yeah, no, it was a it was a great surprise, and uh, obviously a ton of really good memories uh, with that organization, and uh, nothing but good things to say about them. Do you just have a like a San Jose phone number pop up on your phone, and then you're like, oh, geez, that must be sharks. Yeah, honestly, uh, like I said, I was playing golf with a bunch of buddies and had no expectations of getting drafted, so it was a big surprise and. Um, yeah, I think I, I had a missed phone call and it was, um, you know, from San Jose. So obviously my heart jumped a little bit and, uh, knowing it was the day of the draft and, uh, it was a possibility, but I didn't think it was, uh, you know, extremely likely. So, uh, didn't want to get my hopes up or, you know, lean, lean one way or another. So, uh, like I said, it was, it was an awesome surprise and a day I'll never forget. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, like. You get that insanely good news. Now you're moving on to 2019. We have our magical run to the Frozen Four that year. Um, first time in program history. How much did that season really kind of mean to you personally, especially, you know, you're being from the Amherst area and you kind of know what UMass has been all about. Like they've had a lot of struggles, you know, in the past like that, trying to get to that major stage. So did that mean something to you personally, knowing that like you contributed really, you know, hugely to this, you know, monumental moment in UMass hockey history? Yeah, I think everyone that, uh, you know, is a UMass fan or has been part of the program one way or another from Amherst or Western Mass or uh, even like Boston and the whole Massachusetts state as a whole. Like we had so much support. Uh, the whole community was behind us and it was a really fun run. Uh, you know, obviously we came up a little short in that last game, but uh, it was it was such a blast. So, so many good memories, um, you know, stuff that lasts a lifetime that, you know, you tell people you know, in 20 years from now, 30 years from now. So, uh, like I said, it was a ton of fun. And, uh, yeah, no, we take a lot of pride in it. Um, it was a really fun experience for all of us. And, uh, you know, it's too bad we came up one game short. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, and that first Frozen Four game, you nipped a goal. Is that your favorite career goal at UMass, or is there another one that might stand out? Uh, yeah, no, that one was, that one was pretty special. Um, you know, just being able to play in that atmosphere. Um, you know, we had that, I think it was the five minute, uh, power play or, uh, you know, we had one, I think we scored quick five on three. Uh, and then we went out, uh, right back out on the ice and we had a five on four chance. And, um, yeah, no, I remember that goal, uh, very specifically. And, um, yeah, no, it was an emotional goal for sure. And, uh, yeah, no, I can still picture it to this day. Uh, as a little side note to that goal, your Selly game is just unreal. Like, 
just every single time you score a goal, just the emotion that you pour into that is just unreal. You're always just screaming at the top of your lungs after every goal. It's just something that I always remember, especially after that goal. I remember you were really emotional after that one. So awesome. Yeah, no, that one that one was a big one. Uh yeah, no, sometimes I get a little too fired up, but uh that was a big one. And uh, you know, in the moment you uh the adrenaline gets going, uh, you know, the group hugs start after that. Oh, hundred percent. And yeah, and so now kind of moving on from that, now going to your last season, your junior year, um, you end up racking up 10 goals in your last six games as a minute, man. If actually, if we take away the very last game of the regular season where I think Lekas had like 48 saves or something like that, and I think he let in a goal with like 50 seconds left in the game, it would have been 10 goals in five games. So you're basically having two, averaging two goals a game at that point. Like that's probably one of the sickest runs like that we've seen out of a you know player, at least in our time watching UMass hockey. How did it really kind of feel? Like, do you really like remember anything that might have caused it? Like, was it just a crazy confidence boost that you had and the coaches were just like, hey, you get the green light to shoot whenever you can? Or like, was there kind of anything that went into that? Or were you just kind of feeling yourself at that point? Uh, yeah, I don't really know what um, what started that whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I guess, you know, you get some good bounces one way or another and, um, you know, the confidence starts to fall and um, you know, we were a really strong team at the time and, um, you know, we were getting ready for playoffs. So everyone was kind of gearing up for that at the time. And, um, you know, you just try to help, help the team win in any way you can. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was playing with Suitsy and Trig at the time and obviously both really good players. Uh, Suitsy's so smart, um, you know, and Trig works so hard and, um, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun and, um, you know, it still sucks to this day that, you know, that season got cut a little short because I think we would have made a pretty good run. Yeah, that, that leads us right into our next question we had. So uh, that season you had 27 goals, which I believe was a um, UMass Division One single season record, which is awesome. Uh, like you said, with COVID, it must have really stung having that cut short. Do you think, think that team had a chance to come back to the Frozen Four and uh, try to replicate what they did? And for you personally, do you think you had a, maybe had a shot at that? Hobie Baker, if you were to continue that season? Uh, I don't know about the Hobie Baker thing, but uh, no, everything else, I think you're pretty spot on. Um, I think we would have had a really good chance to make another run. Uh, we were playing Northeastern uh, that next day, and, um, you know, we got a call. We were all at the dining hall for lunch, and uh, I think Harvey sent a text out or something that, uh, you know, we had a team meeting coming up and you know, the next hour, and uh, we were supposed to be at practice, and you know, two hours. So we knew something was up and we had seen a couple of those other teams games get canceled for that, uh, you know, that upcoming weekend. And uh, so we kind of knew it was happening and uh, obviously it sucked. And, um, you know, I think we would have had a really good shot. We were playing Northeastern that next day. So uh, that was a two game out of three series. So anything can happen in those. And then, uh, you know, after that, and, you know, it goes to one game elimination and, you know, literally anything can happen. You, you need a hot goaltender, which we had that sophomore year, um, you know, and I think we had a good shot. Yeah. And just to kind of add on to that, I mean, you know, obviously talking about the COVID shortened season, was there even like a sliver of a hint of an idea in your brain thinking that there might be like unfinished business and you could come back for another season or were you pretty dead set on going pro at that point? Did you feel that you kind of were ready to go? Uh, yeah, no, I think you can look at it in both ways. Um, you know, obviously, it sucks to, you know, end your career like that, um, you know, not even get a chance to, you know, try to win something that last year. Um, but I knew if, uh, 
you know, that opportunity presented itself. It's, it's something you can't pass up because you never know, um, you know, if it's going to be there that following year. So um, it was, it was a tough decision, but uh, you know, a lot of talks with, you know, friends and family and uh, the coaching staff at UMass. And, um, you know, we thought it was the best decision for, you know, myself and, uh, you know, my career going forward. And um, yeah, no, I don't regret it. But um, like I said, it would have been, would have been awesome to get that last run. For sure. Yeah. And you, uh, I guess, just kind of summarize your, your UMass career from afar, you come in uh, the program five and 29 the year before you got there and brought it up to national level. You uh, obviously talked about your uh, your last season with 27 goals. If you could look at your UMass career from afar, is there anything that you'd uh, you'd say to yourself as a freshman uh, with the experience that you have now going into it? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, when you're a freshman, uh, you don't really know what to expect. Uh, it's a little different than playing juniors. Uh, you got you got class to deal with. Um, so you're at you're up early and, you know, you're going to class all day and then, you know, you head to the rink in the afternoon. So. Um, you know, that first year as a freshman, there's a, there's a lot of learning curves that you have to deal with. Um, you know, and I think the coaching staff at UMass and the support team around it does an awesome job with, you know, the incoming freshmen and helping them get adjusted. But, um, you know, you just got to be able to soak it in and, uh, you know, be a sponge and learn everything you can. And, um, you know, I don't think there's one thing I would have, you know, done differently because I think you know, the coaching staff steered every single one of us and, you know, the perfect direction as far as, uh, you know, being a freshman and getting to know the schedule and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff you got to learn, but, uh, you know, they did a really good job with, you know, showing us the way and the older guys, um, you know, a lot of uh, credit goes to them as well. Yeah. So when you talk about the coaching staff kind of being really good and, you know, pushing you in the right direction, um, you know, obviously that means a lot to you, you know, later on in your career. Um, do you kind of still have a good relationship with UMass? Like, do you talk to Carvel and some of the boys? Like, um, do you go and, you know, maybe visit the arena every now and then, like, in the offseason? Like, do you stay in touch with them as much? Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, they have their stuff going on and, you know, their season coming up. So, um, you know, we don't talk on, you know, a, a daily basis or anything of like course. that. But, um, no, we uh, we definitely keep in touch. And, um, you know, obviously, Carvey's still there. And, uh, you know, Benny and D-Mike have, you know, gone their separate paths. So um you know as time goes on sometimes people you know go different directions and um but you know those from a teammate to you know coaching staff to you know the trainers um strength coaches those guys are we were such a tight you know family over there and um you know I keep in touch with all those guys um you know players um coaching staff all that kind of stuff and uh, I think it'll be like that for a long time that's good to hear. And uh, you mentioned before uh, the coaching staff being really good for uh, incoming freshmen, getting them ready. We've heard a lot um, just doing this podcast about UMass having a really professional kind of atmosphere around the program when it comes to the coaches and how it's run. Um, do you think that's prepared you now that you're in the pros? Uh, do you think that's prepared you well for where you are right now? Yeah, well, no, 100 percent. I don't I don't think I would be where I am today without, uh, you know, the coaching staff that was at UMass and uh, the way they treat you, the way they prepare you. Um, it's very similar to, you know, how pro teams do it uh, when it comes to, you know, the structure of everything and, uh, you know, just a daily basis from a, a schedule standpoint, um, you know, whether it's, you know, doing video or being in the gym or, you know, the stuff you do on the ice, it's, uh, you know, I 
they ran a, you know, a pretty tight ship over there. And, um, you know, we loved every second of it and uh, definitely wouldn't be here without them. Yeah. So, I mean, moving on now to kind of your more pro career, um, you spent some time with the Sharks organization. They obviously drafted you and you racked up 15 NHL points in the process, you know, spending some time with them. Your first NHL goal was primarily assisted by Mario Ferrara. Could, yeah. could you have drawn that up any better? Like, did you guys have like conversations thinking like, wow, imagine if this could happen. Like, was that something that, you know, does it just feel like everything perfectly aligned for you in that moment? Yeah, no, it's uh, it was a pretty special moment. Uh, you know, I don't think either of us will, will ever forget that. I know Mario won't forget his goal, um, you know, in that year before. But, uh, yeah, no, it's really funny how things work out. Um, you know, we lived together for two years at UMass. And then, um, you know, we lived together two years in San Jose as well. So, um, yeah, no, I couldn't have drawn it up any better. And, um, yeah, no, I can – I can picture that goal perfectly. And um, yeah, it's something I'll never forget. Yeah. So, so San Jose, one of those weird situations where the AHL team and the NHL team, uh, not only in the same city, but they're also in the same arena. Was that kind of a weird hurdle for you uh, spending some time with both clubs or does that kind of help with the stability of, of everything? No, I I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, You know, it makes things a lot easier. Um, you know, especially for guys who, you know, are going up and down between the two different teams. And, um, you know, they're, they're a really tight group over there. Um, you know, they, they talk to both sides every day, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I think it's a pretty cool thing what they got over there. And, uh, no, it made it, it made it really easy to adjust just because everyone's in the same rink. Uh, so you're always seeing that everyone, and, uh, like I said, they're a really tight group over there. And um, it was, it was a pretty easy you know, adjustment going back and forth, um, you know, when that time did come, but uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a good fit. Yeah. And now obviously you're with the Nashville Predators organization and they've had some kind of sneakily deep ties to UMass. You know, they have Mark Del Geizo in their system right now alongside you. And they also have Ryan Ufko and Cole O'Hara who just got drafted in the past you know year or two um, being prospects with them. Um is it going to be a little bit of kind of a boost to you to kind of see, you know, Del Gaizo, you know, most likely, you know, pretty often, especially knowing you guys are both from UMass? Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, he was one of the first guys that texted me uh, when that trade happened. So uh, obviously he was excited. Uh, I'm extremely excited. Um, you know, it's a new opportunity, new organization. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm fired up to get going tomorrow and uh, yeah, it should be really fun. Yeah, and uh, you have to tell us a little bit about your your brother, Ryan. He's going to BC, uh, so we'll probably be seeing a lot of him uh, playing UMass. What should we expect out of his game? And also, is he afraid that your shoes would be too big for him to fill if he did choose UMass? No, no, that's not it at all. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be a heck of a player, and uh, he's off to a really good start uh, with NTDP in his second year. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's always wanted to go to BC. He's told me that since uh, – you know, he was five or six years old when we started watching games together. Um, you know, it was something about that bean pot that, um, you know, me and him would always watch together growing up on the couch. And uh, he wanted that city, uh, you know, being able to live in Boston and, uh, you know, experience that. And um, he's still, you know, he's still in Massachusetts, so he's not going too far away from home. And obviously that's an extremely historic program over there. Um, so I know he's super excited and, uh yeah, he wanted something different and, uh, you know, I can't blame him and I know he's going to do great things. 
All right. And then just to kind of wrap up, we got some rapid fire questions. We've been doing this with most of the, the guests that we've had on the show. So, and I think you're going to be really good at this because a lot of them do relate to the Amherst area. And obviously we know you're from the Amherst area, so you should be pretty easy for you. So favorite place to eat on campus? Uh, definitely Burke. The, the classic response. I feel, I think we've yeah. heard that from almost everybody. Yeah. You get, you get a little healthier when you go over to Hamp, but, uh, Burke, Burke will treat you pretty well. 100%. Favorite place to eat off campus? Uh, Johnny's Tavern. Ooh, good choice. All right. This one, this might not actually have an answer, but we'll figure it out. Favorite pregame hype slash warm-up song? Uh, I don't think I have a favorite. Anything, uh, a lot of rap. We'd always listen to rap before the game. So, uh, yeah, we'd have uh, just a remix or – uh, something like that. So that would always get the boys going. Basically, anything playing over the intercom at Mullen Center before during the during the warmups. Yeah, yeah, we'd always have a good time with those. They were always good tunes. There you go. Our uh, favorite NHL player growing up. Uh, growing up would probably be Crosby. Solid choice. Solid choice. All right. Now, sticking with the NHL theme, are you a big Chell guy? Do you play, you know, NHL hockey? Do you play anything else? Are you big video games guy? What are you into? So three years ago, I didn't put the controller down and uh, it was all Fortnite and all Call of Duty. And uh, I was at UMass when Fortnite became big and mm -hmm. it was uh, my freshman year over Christmas break. So we played a lot of hours of Fortnite and uh, it was a ton of fun. Uh, we'd play Call of Duty. We do, uh, you know, we'd have teams of six we do search and destroy which would always be a fun time with all the boys uh we'd get all the mics going and a lot of trash talking uh all that kind of stuff so it was always a good time and then uh, i'd play some nhl with uh my buddies from back home we'd always do the three on three uh eashl thing uh so we'd always have a good time with that and uh but fortnite was my big one yeah i'm pretty sure we were playing fortnite me and cam up until about midnight last night before we were doing this so we, yeah, we were playing you. it yeah we were playing it the whole time and then, uh, so last one is funniest UMass teammate you've ever had. Funniest teammate. So I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a two-way tie. Okay. I'm going to give it to Glocks and I'm going to give it to bots. Okay. And then Mario's just a clown, but he's a funny guy in a different way. Like bots and Glocks are like, they'll they'll give you some funny jokes like they're both just hilarious and then mario's mario and he's uh they'll give you a, a couple good laughs too but those two guys were were hilarious there we go awesome that that was everything we had we don't want to take up too much of your time but we appreciate you coming on talking some some umass and more hockey awesome yeah thanks for having me guys had a good time Dude, of course appreciate you man seriously yeah no worries at all And that was Nashville Predators winger John Leonard talking a little bit of UMass, a little bit of a little bit of pro hockey with us. Is there anything that that he said that stood out to you during the interview? The fact that he said that he was golfing when he got drafted and didn't even answer the call, like that is <laughs> that is unreal to me. Like imagine being, you know, an NHL GM sitting there on draft day. You got your guy that you want to take. You try and give him a call. You know, the big moment, like, hey, bud, you're a part of the program now, and then they're just sitting there like. You're literally hearing, please leave a message after the beat. Like, that's really <laughs> weird to me. Like, but 
you know, obviously, you know, you're never going to have, you know, the, the perfect draft story. There's always going to be some sort of quirk. It always seems to work out that way. And that was John's. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. It sounds like he wasn't fully expecting it either, which is awesome that he, he did end up getting that call. Another, uh, another funny thing um, we asked about his brother, Ryan going to BC. A lot of UMass fans really wish that he, he went to UMass, but it sounds like that was locked up for, for a while now. We had, when we had coach Carvel on, he said, a lot of Massachusetts guys want to play in the bean pot for whatever reason. And uh, it seems like John's brother, Ryan follows that. I, th- I think we're going to have to start getting like a Western mass bean pot or something like that. We'll have like UMass AIC insert another two relevant D one colleges from Western mass. <laughs> like you get the idea, like we'll have to get our own bean pot. And we'll start getting people over that way. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was John Leonard fun interview. Um, Again, haven't heard from him in a little bit now in regards to UMass, so it was cool to catch up. 100%. So, uh, yeah, that. Uh, not sure when our next episode will be out. We're looking to get a, a little um, preseason ranking review and superlatives type thing going for you guys. So uh, keep an eye on our social medias. We'll let you know when that's coming out. But other than that, season's coming up quick. Uh, starting to get really excited just a couple weeks out. So, uh, yeah, we'll be here through it all with you guys this season. And until next time, go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody.